This is episode five of the Health Translations podcast. Health Translations is Australia's largest directory for translated health and wellbeing resources. There are over 18,000 resources available in more than 105 languages. This series explores the way culture, language and health interact. In each episode, we talk to healthcare professionals and community members about the role translated health information plays in their lives. Today, we're speaking with Fiona Darling. Fiona is a Community Engagement Manager at Jean Hales. So Jean Hales for Women's Health is a leading women's health not-for-profit organisation that's been working in Australia for more than 26 years. We have clinical services and an education and knowledge exchange team, and we also have a research unit as well. So it's that combination of education, clinical services and research that makes Jean Hales quite unique. So we produce lots of information. We're not a service provider per se, but we build a lot of capacity in other organisations to Mm -hmm. deliver health information to women out there in the community. Can you talk a little bit about that information that you produce and curate for people in the community? Yeah, absolutely. So we're funded by the federal government to be Australia's online digital gateway for women and their health information needs. So we have a very, very large and extensive website that we get great feedback on and a huge amount of visitors every year too. And on the website, we have our 16 core women's health areas, plus a range of videos and facts sheets for women but also for their health professionals. While we know that obviously online information is really important, we also know that for a lot of women out there in the community for a variety of reasons, online education is not, or online information I should say, is not always the best choice when women are trying to find out what information is going to be most useful for them to help them make good decisions to better their health outcomes. So would you say then that maybe a resource that you would develop would be complementary to other sorts of supports that you would offer to people? Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to the online uh, National Digital Gateway, we produce a range of printed resources, including booklets and fact sheets, flyers, pamphlets, things like that. So they can we send them out all across Australia. Um, so there's the printed resources. We also have a mobile app and we also have um, face-to-face educational sessions as well that we deliver. Yeah, great. And can you talk a little bit about the work you do in relation to culturally and linguistically diverse communities? Yeah, absolutely. So being um, a national women's health organisation, very much working at the preventative side of of healthcare and health information, we aim to support women all across Australia at all different life stages. So obviously working with women from culturally and linguistically diverse populations is a key priority group that we would be always trying to look at how we can adapt health information for. And an example at the moment is uh, a resource that we are developing alongside our partners in a regional area in Victoria and so that's involving an interagency group of settlement services, family support uh, services, community health, the local council and we're developing an educational toolkit for women from newly arrived uh, refugee and migrant backgrounds to really help make sure that the the health providers there and also community support workers, community organisations can access a resource to help share those health information around health checks. So that's the name of the resource, is it health checks? Oh no, health checks is one of the topics. Oh, okay. Health checks is one of the topics alongside with physical activity and mental and emotional health and healthy eating. Okay. 
And so through your partnerships with these different organisations, you established that there was a need for this resource in Ballarat, is that correct? Yeah, so we're working um, with CEH and other partners to develop a resource that at this stage won't be translated into community language, but it is written in easy English and plain language um, with really simple health messages that can be delivered to individual women or in group settings out in the community. And an example that was identified at a a recent interagency sort of meeting was that a family violence worker who's trying to do some work in community around family violence said that she would use this resource to talk about health checks or healthy eating as a sort of softer way to sort of get a group of women together and to provide some health information and then also to then go and provide other information about family violence. Okay, so it's sort of a segue into other discussions as well. That's one example that they said that she said that would be really great for me to use because I can deliver that and women are more likely to come to an information session Mm -hmm. around women's health Mm -hmm. and keeping well and then they're able to provide some of their other information rather than coming to a session around family violence. Right, which they might not be able to access. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, great. So can you talk a little bit about some of the considerations that you have to take into account when developing? the resource with the other agencies. Yeah, absolutely. So the needs of the audience, so what is it that women are wanting to find out about and what is the information that we need to be providing to the person that's delivering that presentation as well as to the women receiving that information. So there's, I guess, there's a few audiences when we're looking at developing this kit and that is the women themselves. What are they going to take away from the presentation or the education session and then the presenters that are delivering that session so what information do they need what links do they also need to be connected to what websites may they also need to know if they want to find out more information about health checks so for example Jean Hale's website the CEH health directory for other translated resources to provide for the women And another consideration is the images and the image curation and making sure that they're culturally appropriate Mm -hmm. for different communities. So we've run some focus groups and ask women to contribute to their thoughts around what images, uh, graphics, colours, etc. that they Mm -hmm. find more easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And would they like to see photos of real women? Would they like to see illustrations? Would they like to see more icons? So getting that sort of feedback to ensure that the images align with what the community is, what they want. Yeah. What, they want. yeah. And what is the preference there? Is there a preference for cartoons or for photos or? Yeah, it's a really good question. And like you know, like any group, there was a mixed result. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so not everybody's the same. Yeah, not everybody's the same. But that was really useful too because where we might try to say oh everything needs to look beautiful and similar and have a sort of theme and consistency to it what the women sort of showed us that yeah some women love photos some women love you know really clear illustrations for example when we were talking about bowel screening Mm. and trying to understand you know or you know let the women know what the bowel is where it sits in the body what purpose it serves they really wanted to sort of see that it was where 
where it was sat inside their body, um, how it linked to their digestive system and that where it ended up. So sitting a lady on the toilet in this diagram, for example, they wanted to see the whole process to help them understand where the bowel is and what function it serves. So that was really useful information. So there we might be looking at a diagram, but then going for breast screening, for example, and going to have a mammogram, they really responded well to the photo of a real woman with a real nurse in her gown, the machine and how um, it would her breast would be pressed down mm-hmm. and that the in this particular photo, the nurse's hand was on the woman's breast. Mm-hmm. So they were able to say, okay, well, that's good because we know what to expect, that we're going right. to have to derobe yes we're going Mm -hmm. to be physically touched Mm -hmm. and somebody's going to be there in the process as well Mm -hmm. so for us now it's about looking at all of this feedback and just really using the best image for the message not necessarily making sure that they're all the same no so it doesn't have to be consistent it's just whatever's best for that particular um part of the overall resource yeah that's right for that particular message yeah and another example is when the bowel screening kit Mm -hmm. is delivered to your home Mm -hmm. Uh, they really like the image of the woman with the kit and then a mailbox for example to say that it's going to arrive to your home Ah. and this is something that you do Mm. in in your home right Rather than, yeah, yeah, we also had a a picture that was around turning 50 Mm. um, and that you would get this kit, but they didn't didn't understand that, okay, well, 50 means I'm going to get the kit. So Mm. they really wanted to see that kit being used in a home Mm. and being literally arriving, you know, in your mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really nice to have those. Um, conversations with Mm. the women and for us that's a really important part of developing any resource Mm. is getting feedback from users of the resource and women to make sure that what we're doing resonates uh, and is understood. Mm. And while we're still talking about testing for bowel cancer, I know that there was a particular event that you held in relation to those screenings. Would you mind talking about that particular instance? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the work that we do has also involved face-to-face community education, as I was saying, because just providing resources, we all know, to women doesn't do the job in terms of particularly with migrant women or women from refugee backgrounds that need to have a bilingual health educator there. Delivering sessions and being able to respond to women's questions is really important. So we've been doing some events in regional Victoria uh, and we've had, uh, we had a, a group of women one day, there was 120 newly arrived women and we broke them up into different language groups and we had bilingual uh, workers there and they delivered different sessions around healthy eating, health checks as well, um, mental and emotional health. And one of the women in one of the groups came up to us after having attended the session and she disclosed to our health presenter and the bilingual worker that she had been bleeding from the bowel for quite some time but had not spoken to anybody about that yet. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to help refer her on to a doctor and a GP and told her that it was really important that she went to see somebody about that. So 
So that was a great example of where getting out into the community and delivering these health sessions to women about health checks, about health screenings. Um, and there was a whole lot of other examples where other women, you know, were engaged in that conversation mm-hmm. around what it means to be healthy, their food, their nutrition, their weight, and being able to facilitate that discussion is so beneficial. It's just yeah. absolutely yeah, crucial. And it's a real testament to how important it is to have culturally sensitive resources, information, workshops, all of that because people won't necessarily respond to mainstream messaging. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Uh, so you mentioned before that there are 16 key areas that Jean Hales works in. Could you tell me what one or two of those are and what sort of work you do in those areas? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have 16 core areas, but historically, as the foundation is named after Jean Hales, she was a GP that really put menopause and women at midlife on the map sort of in Australia and opened one of the world's first menopause clinics, completely dedicated to women at midlife. So for us, that's sort of our history, where we've come from. So menopause management is one of those core areas. Also other specific women's health conditions such as endometriosis, Mm -hmm and polycystic ovary syndrome are also one of our most visited pages alongside information about the vulva and the vagina. Mm -hmm. So they're the women's health issues that we know women continue to come back to us for information, both women and health professionals, and we have a range of resources on those topics. And those resources have been translated into community languages Mm -hmm. and our endometriosis, polycystic ovary syndrome and menopause fact sheets sit on the health translation directory, which is fabulous, Mm -hmm. as well as another resource that we did, which was all around understanding family violence and anxiety for newly arrived women. And we developed that again with another partner Mm -hmm. and did a lot of consultation with women around what would be a good resource for them to help understand sort of the stress and worry and anxiety when they first settle in Australia, but with a sort of with a family violence framework to it. Mm. Okay. Some of those areas that you mentioned can be quite taboo, like for instance, menopause. So how do you manage that? Yeah, I think that for us, there's a real sort of emphasis on community workers and refugee health nurses and people like that to explain to women out there in the community what menopause is, Mm -hmm. what it means to them, what are the impacts on their health and understand when they're talking to them how menopause has been understood in their cultural context. So for us, providing health professionals with the best information that we can about what menopause is and what those symptoms might be and how women may seek treatment in Australia, that's a big area for us and that's certainly something that we do a lot of work in. And then we would have the translated fact sheets, for example, that women and can work with with their health professionals in sort of understanding or debunking some of those myths or sort of understanding that transition in their lives. Why is it important to you to, uh, to address these different communities with your resources and your webinars and things like that? Yeah, so engage, for us, engaging with all women is really important. And while we can't be everything to everyone, we want to ensure that the health information that we are producing and delivering is 
accessible by as wide a group of women as possible. And so for me in my role, being able to work with other partners such as Multicultural Centre for Women's Health and other state government multicultural health services is really important to ensure that we're advocating for women's health information needs and that we're feeding in to the wider picture around what are the gaps in women's health, particularly in terms of women's health information, and what are the ways that we can be delivering those messages in more accessible formats, and also the ways that we can be building capacity as a leading women's health organisation to support other organisations that are on the ground, that do have services, that are meeting with groups of culturally and linguistically diverse women, mothers out there in the community to ensure that they're getting key messages about periods, about menstruation, about menopause, about support for sexual and reproductive health, for example. Yeah. Okay, great. And where where should people go if they want to learn more about Jean Hales? Oh, well, that's easy. (laughs) People should definitely go to our website. So that's jeanhouse.org.au. We have monthly subscriptions, both for health professionals and for women, also for workplaces. And we have great uptake in our newsletters and we have great feedback on the content that goes out every month. So that's the best way to stay in touch with us. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you. It's been great. That was Fiona Darling, the Community Engagement Manager at Jean Hales. We've been talking about the stigma that can prevent access to healthcare, imagery choices when developing culturally appropriate resources, and why engaging other cultures is so important for the community. The music for this podcast was created by Zeb Rogerson. This episode was produced by Nicola Nemerick and Annie Tillak-Benton. The podcast was made possible by the Centre for Culture, Ethnicity and Health. For show notes and to learn more, head to www.ceh.org.au forward slash podcast. 